From the Standing Stone Farm Studio right outside downtown Nashville, it's time for the most ridiculous sports podcast in the world. So sit back, relax, and listen as Bobby Butler and Brandon Bond crack open a cold one and talk all things hockey, pop culture, and complain about everyday situations. It's the Pucks Out Podcast on the Penalty Box Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, into another fantasy football edition of the Pucks Out Podcast. I'm Bobby Butler. He's Brandon Bond. hey We are here today to talk about wide receiver rankings, and this is a good one. Uh, next week, we'll be doing running backs, and stay tuned. Uh, we'll do another episode this week uh, on kicker rankings. First, how are you doing this week, bud? Good, man. Making it. Making it. Always love talking fantasy football, and especially wide receiver rankings, because there is almost a guarantee that both of us are going to miss at least two or three guys that are oh, yeah. going to be in here. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. the problem is with, with with wide receivers is it's any given week. There's not really a, uh, a great way to rank them as easily as, say, running backs where you can kind of guess how much work they're going to get. Their work is going to really depend on quarterback play and and cornerback play and 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 how a lot of other factors routes that they get to run and and what they're asked to do so so again keeping that in mind that this is super subjective we still are going to rank them and i mean yeah. this is our early rankings and obviously some of this stuff will change but let's sit here and let's go ahead and start it out uh, you want to start us out with your number 12 man yeah so this is a guy who I traded for in my Dynasty League. I think he's going to be solid. He was definitely in my top 15, and I think if he's healthy, he performs, and that's Juju Smith-Schuster. You better hope he's top 12 yeah. guy, bro. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk about one of what either could be the best trade ever or the worst trade ever next week during running backs that I made. I'm telling you right now whether or not it actually gets you what you want. It is the worst trade ever, but I, I digress. Well, not ever, because the trade after mine in that league was pretty bad. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that fair, saved me. Fair. We'll talk. But sh- that, we will talk about that. Um, my thing is, if you're going to be in my fantasy football league where I am the GM and you're not willing to get crap talked for your draft uh, for your trades, then I would probably suggest finding somebody. Oh, to take yeah. that. I mean, team part of trades you. is you're going to get you're going to get shit talked <laughs> one way or the other. But all right, so why don't you tell us about your number twelve? Uh, okay, yeah, so sure. Uh, my number 12 is, and I f- freaking hate this, and I, the way I want to want to clarify how I rank things. I rank them, of my, my 1 to 12 ranking is how I think they're going to end the season. So, everything else in between, whether they have bad weeks or good weeks, I think that my number 12 is going to be Amari Cooper, and I hate it. I would not want him to be my number one receiver. I cannot trust his consistency. Uh, but I think totaling out over the year, like he's going to have a decent year. I don't think – I mean, we're both high on Dak Prescott. We're both high on that Cowboys offense. I mean, Mike McCarthy is going to make some stuff work there. But I am just – I until you show me that I can – trust you and rank you high like like i said he's my number 12 receiver but i wouldn't draft him as my number one receiver so oh yeah uh and i have another guy like that at my number 11 but i'm gonna let you go ahead and give your number 11 what do you got here's a guy he had a breakout season i'm not a big fan of the team in general but i think he's going to be a stud for years to come and that is aj brown oh wow yeah Uh, that's i think this is i think this is his breakout year i thought i mean you know and uh 
I have him. I, I I'm spoiler alert. I have him a little, ranked a little higher, but like I thought that there was no way that he was going to make it in your top twelve. But he is a yeah. dominant physical presence, and his his uh, run after the catch, his yak, his yards after the catch are phenomenal. And if you can find a way to be fast enough to even touch him. You still got to tackle him, and that's yeah. the that, he is he is he was a steal for the Titans where they got him two years ago, and uh, so pleased to have him as and DJ DK Metcalf, great receiver, great physical you know capabilities, and and couldn't be a superstar in this league. I think there was no question that of those three dope receivers that Ole Miss uh, had 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 last year or two years ago, I should say that A.J. Brown was not the number one guy coming from there. And I think it's – I mean, it was obvious. It showed. I mean, it, he he got you to rank him in the top 10 yeah. or top 12 and with Ryan Tannehill, a guy you don't believe in as the quarterback. Not at so all. I think that is – I think that is uh, – I think that's telling that even you would say I can't rank him lower than that. Yeah. So uh, number – and I want to – I don't think we said this. PPR rankings. And unless a lot of you guys come to us and say, uh, what about standard? Would you rank standard differently? The answer is yes, I would rank standard differently. But as a general rule, we're going to talk PPR here uh, as uh, because that is the – PPR is king. If you're not playing PPR, you should be. Yeah. Uh, my number 11 is Allen Robinson, which is, again, super weird because yeah. I would not take him. Didn't make my top 12. I, he, I See, I, and he wouldn't be a, one of my top 12 receivers that I drafted. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's. I think he's going to land at, at, at 11 or, or roughly around there. He just is a consistent receiver, which is consistency. He is above average consistent receiver. So he's going to get you some good points every game. I just don't feel like he's going to have any weak winners. And maybe that changes if he had a different quarterback. Personally, if if Trubisky played football like he played the end of two years ago, then Allen Robinson could move all the way up to seven or eight, in my opinion. If Mitch Trubisky plays football like he played last year, I don't think that it. I think it's going to be hard for him to get to eleven. If Nick Foles takes over that job, I just I can't I can't tell you I can't tell you because Nick Foles is so chemistry based. He works with guys yeah. that he knows and he likes, and so like I don't know how that's going to work out. So, uh, but Allen Robinson to me is a guy that if I could get him as my second receiver, I would pull the trigger in a heartbeat because he's got what I'm looking for in a receiver wide receiver two with that consistency. So what do you got at number 10, buddy? Number 10. And this guy is a guy who I think in the future may be further down in this list or by that, I mean better. That is a guy who now has Teddy Bridgewater thrown at him. I've got DJ Moore. Wow. We talked about it. I didn't didn't think that he was going to make it in. Uh, I think with Teddy Bridgewater now, um, I think he is going to be a solid receiver back in, uh, you know, he's going to be a distraction for the defense from Christian McCaffrey. With the times they decide not to go to Christian McCaffrey, they will be going to DJ Moore. They now have a quarterback who can still, still has legs, yeah. but he's not the he's beast. Not he's not Superman. And he can certainly, he's athletic, but he's not going to have the legs of Cam Newton. I'll tell you. And he'll have to throw a little bit more. I'll tell you. I mean, I really believe in DJ Moore, but you know my thought process and belief in Teddy Bridgewater. And that's why he can't make it into my top 12. I feel like if, if you told me right now, we're at, we 
fast forward to the end of the season and somebody says the only information I get from that whole season is that uh, that DJ Moore was the wide receiver 10, I would say I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Does that make sense? And here's I'm the not- thing. If you get like DJ Moore, and here's here's a weird thing about our top 12s. DJ Moore to me, I wouldn't draft him. He's not a uh, wide he's receiver a, one for me. He's a wide But if you two. get him as a wide receiver two, that is a man who last season he only played 14 games. Um, he didn't get to play a full 16 for fantasy. Mm-hmm. He will put up the stats, especially at wide receiver two, to get you into the playoffs. I agree. I mean, like I said, I'm don't I'm not hating on DJ Moore. This is more for me a knock on Teddy Bridgewater yeah. and my belief in him. Um, so my number ten, uh, he could absolutely be number the number thirty receiver, or he could be the number one receiver, and OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. It's it is the the talent is there. It took two years for Jarvis Landry to come into his own there with Baker Mayfield and the Browns, and we saw the breakout that Jarvis Landry had last year. I think that this breakout is coming for OBJ. I I made some moves for him, and and funnily enough, in the uh, in the conversation where we're talking about um, some fantasy football trades we made. I said stupidly, oh, it was the dra- it was the dynasty draft episode. I said stupidly that I traded a uh for OJ Howard and my oh yeah, it was pick 1-3 and Irv Smith for OJ or it was <laughs> pick 1-3 and Irv Smith Jr. for pick 1-10 Odell Beckham Jr. and pick 210. And so I said it was O.J. Howard, which makes me the stupidest person on earth. But for OBJ, I'm willing to take a shot. He got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I got Keyshawn Vaughn with that pick. I'm willing to trade Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Keyshawn Vaughn and a potential tight end that can break out for a superstar. This man could be above and beyond the number one receiver. So that's that's my thought process. I think he's going to land. What do you got at number nine, buddy? Number nine, I've got a guy who had his best season last year, and that is Amari Cooper. Okay. I hate the team he's on, but he's a solid player. He's a matchup. Um, he's a matchup-dependent receiver. He's and not by a, that and by that you mean it depends on what game he's playing in. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Well, it depends on uh, what who he's matching up. No, against. I got you. Um, I, if, if, I he's understood. Go, yeah, if he's going against the Patriots, don't. I mean, he. I wouldn't even play him against the Patriots because they're going to swarm him, and he's there. He's not going to get anything. But for the most part, he'll be solid. He's not a red zone receiver. He's got, now he did rank in the top ten last year in actual receiving touchdowns because he's an ex, he's an explosive receiver who can make uh, short plays into long plays. If we took his, if we took my thing is with Amari Cooper is if we took eight of his top scoring games, he'd be like a receiver three. But you take the other games, the other eight games, and he was a receiver. 40. You yeah. know, that's the that's my problem. No, there is definitely questions and that is that is a boomer bust pick. Sure. Well, and it's and it's he's is he going to land somewhere around where I said at 12 to where you said it at 9? Yes, he is going to land there. Yeah. And that is not what I want to sell. That's why I put him in the yeah. list, but like I'm not drafting yeah. him as my number. And here's the thing, all it either. takes is for Dak Prescott to start maximi- maximizing his red zone opportunities. And you have yourself a stellar receiver. You have yourself a WR2, maybe a one. Because all it takes is if you give him 33% more red zone opportunities, 
he's going to haul those things down. Yeah. I and mean, that's a lot more touchdowns we're talking about. But but pick eight with like a word. <laughs> you know, I mean, they just brought in uh, CeeDee Lamb. When yeah. They had two of the best receivers in the league, in my opinion, of uh, the best one-two punch in Amari Cooper and Michael yeah. Gallup. And yeah. so they've brought in additional things. Now, and does that help Cooper yeah. or does that hurt him? I Me personally, say. I will not be picking Amari Cooper, especially with I think last year might have been his ceiling. But so, I agree, you know, and see, I was always a big believer in Amari Cooper because the talent is there. It's just almost is the is the willpower there. And I don't see it. And I and I, it's hard to convince me to I would much rather go and get my second or third running back yeah. than bring in a receiver that I can't believe in week to week, because a lot of the problem with Amari Cooper comes from. If I don't start him, he's going to score a thousand. You know, yeah. if if I do, he's going to score two, and so I, that hurts you every week. Yeah, you have to make a decision on a guy, and I'm just not about that. So for you, what round? If what round? If you saw Amari Cooper still there, would you take him? It would really depend on what I had on my roster first, but I think the earliest, if I had. Two good running backs and a good receiver. I would be I'd be willing to take him probably round four. Yeah, I was thinking but, five. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, most traditional senses, it really depends on how I feel with my running back. If you're asking me in round four if I have two running backs I'm okay with or two receivers that I really like and one running back I'm okay with, I would go with a lower ranked running back than I would Amari Cooper. No question. Yeah. Not even not even in this realm of I am I'm gonna make a decision because I I'm gonna get more consistency, I feel like, from a running back than a Amari Cooper type. He has burned me before and and Amari Cooper will land on a lot of people's do not draft list. And then some people will have some. There are lots of people I have a I have don't draft list, you know. Yeah. And one of my favorite videos is Dude Perfect's like fantasy football drafters. And they talk about what style of drafter they are. Like, oh, this is, you know, they got the breakout guy. This guy's going to break out this year. Or the sleeper guy that'll draft a guy way too early because yeah. he's heard some people call him a sleeper. I am the doctor. I am, I'm you traditionally, I don't like to go for injury risk. And everybody has injury risk, but some have more than others. Yeah. So, um, so Amari Cooper to me is one of those I'm looking for more consistency and then I'm looking for those home runs. While Amari Cooper can be a home run, getting him in round four doesn't make him a home run. That yeah. means you've wasted a four, not yeah. wasted, you've used a fourth yeah. round pick. But on. if you can get him in a fifth or sixth, I think if the sixth round rolls around and Amari Cooper in your league is still there. Yeah. I don't care what my roster is looking like at round five or six. Like I'm that's that's one of those. I'm gonna take this shot. Like I'm yeah, gonna swing. It's I'm worth the it's worth the that. gamble at, in the fifth or sixth round with Amari Cooper. That's Amari Cooper's problem. Is like I, I, I what I look for in a wide receiver one and a running back one is comfort. Yeah. How comfortable am I? Yeah. with them. Because here's the thing: if if he is guy. available in those late rounds, that means you're in a league with players who, who who pretty much know what they're doing. Because a lot of people who don't know what they're doing, they might just take Amari Cooper for our name name value. Name, yeah. I mean, they're, like, they're they're like oh, Amari Cooper, I know that name. So obviously, you know, if someone takes him in the third or third round. They're, they don't really they haven't really done their research. So, you know, it might be worth it taking him in the fifth or sixth round. Just, you know, because he, he's the thing. Mark Cooper could win you a week with a right. big with. He could catch a 90 yard touchdown pass. He, he's a week winner, not a league winner, in my yeah, opinion. And exactly. I feel like that's, that's a the best great way to, way to put it. Like, it, it, he's one of those guys that after week four or week five, 
you could either be trying to trade your number one running back for him, or you could be like, hey, bro, I got this used stick of gum that I'd like to give you for him. And like people want out from under him so much that just not worth it, in my opinion. So, you know. So who you got at your number nine? And I'm just not, and then this is such a throwing up in the air because I'm just not sure how this offense is going to work out. But Mike Evans, I think it's hard for me to not okay. rank him. Huh. Yeah. We're talking about a guy that is a traditional twelve to 1,500-yard receiver. And while there are, there are arguments to be made that he had some Amari Cooper-esque games last year, the game that he zeroed you, you know, if for those of you that had him, he scored zero points for you. <laughs> he was coming off a really, really bad flu. And so I think that with a veteran quarterback like Tom Brady, as much as I have, a, you know, not a not a good taste in my mouth about Tom Brady and what's going to happen here, I think that even though he's a, a bigger deep threat and is able to get down the field, I think that the talent is going to be too much for him to not be a top 12 receiver in my mind. And it's one of those instances where I've talked about two guys on my, of these four picks that are these four guys that I've talked about that I wouldn't be comfortable being my number one receiver. If Mike Evans name was in my, my, my uh, wide receiver one slot, I would not feel bad week to week. He is one of those guys that can get away with zeroing you one week because like, you know, that it was a it was a one off type of situation. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So moving on to my number eight. This is a guy who has in his in two and a half seasons has caught 196 passes, uh, just about uh, 2600 yards and 21 touchdowns. He's got some injury problems, but I think this is a year that he shines, and that's Cooper Cup. Oh wow! Wow. He is the best receiver on that team, I believe. There are, you know, you know, he's got him, uh, Robert Woods and Brandon Cook. He is well, the break. Brandon Cooks is no longer. I'm there. sorry, uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup is the star of that receiving uh, team. And I think uh, Jared Goff steps it up a little bit. I think they had a really disappointing, uh, but he was also missed. Uh, Cooper Cup missed a lot last year from that ACL injury, and I think he comes back, and I think he shines. Um, <clears throat> uh, I couldn't talk myself into putting him any higher on the list because the name's in front of him but i think he is a solid he'll be a solid wide receiver one for deep for deep leagues well he's not on my list and it's not for lack of i like the guy i really do i think that he could be and he has since changed from number 18 to number 10 and so because brandon cooks was number 10 and he was and so he has said anybody that can will send him his 18 jersey if they've bought it. His wife will repurpose it and make it like a bag or a shirt. And so like what they've done for it is like uh, on the bag or something, it takes the 18, but they put Cooper Cup across the middle line. So it just looks like a 10. And so that was super cool to me. So and all three people that bought his jersey send it in. All <laughs> three people. No, but yeah. in all seriousness. That's dope. Co- uh, Cooper Cup is is a guy that if you told me he made it to the number four on the list or the number two on the list as he was for a portion of last year, I wouldn't be surprised. It's just that offense has changed what it needs to do. Jared Goff is a liability for for what that what uh, Sean McVay is trying to do there, and uh, and uh, as much as he 
he knows that if he needs to go get a new quarterback, that's really going to set back what he wants to do. But that's a team that went for it all, and then their defense went to shambles last yeah. year, which can add up to a lot of benefit to a specific, to a receiver. But because Sean McVay's offense is the way it is, it's very difficult for me to be able to pinpoint and be willing to say Cooper Cup's going to be a top 12 receiver when I don't know, he was at one point through the season, he was going, he was on the field 98% of the time for 98% of the snaps. And then when he got hurt and then Jared, Ever, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby stepped up their game, he went from being a 98% snap player to a 70% snap player. And that's really hard for me yeah. to see what the feeling is. It's not for lack of talent. I believe in Cooper Cup, and I believe that he can be a staple in this league. It's just when you have a dynamic offensive type of mind like Sean McVay, it's about winning for Sean McVay. It's not about fantasy for Sean McVay. And so he can make stuff happen that maybe not, maybe wouldn't have happened in normal situations with the talent they have on that roster. Yeah. So, but good call. I mean, it's not one of those that I can sit here and degrade you for picking it it's more just of i can't see it yeah uh so my number eight is a guy that you have on on uh at uh number 11 aj brown i uh, i believe in him and so the reason that it gets marked up three spots from your number 11 spot is because I do believe in Tannehill, and I think that's where our difference yeah, in ranking 100%. comes. you know that's where this this spacing comes from is you don't believe in him, but you believe in the talent. I believe in Tannehill, and I believe in A.J. Brown's talent, and so that's three spots to me right there. And yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. If um, Tannehill – listen, if Tannehill outperforms what I think, then yeah, A.J. Brown exactly. is – Exactly. But, you know, I don't think that Tannehill has it in him to be that You have to use all the factors of what you're thinking about. Yeah. And so that's, that's fair. And so – uh, well, maybe maybe he won't be eight. You know, so, sophomore season for a lot of guys, the second year is sometimes tougher because yeah. there's a there's a year's worth of film on you, and guys learn. I mean, yeah, you got to be. You, I, I think even more so than being the most athletic guy on the field. If you're the smartest guy on the field, you can win yeah. in NFL football because you got ten other yeah. of, uh, athletic guys. And here's another thing: I think he is in a catch twenty two with how with Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry is performing, guess what? That leaves AJ Brown more space. If Derrick Henry is not performing well, if you know he is, if he slips back into what he was three years ago, yeah. kind of a no name, then guess well, what? He was a second year player running behind the well, le- yeah. the league leading uh-huh. rusher. So, yeah. but so uh, I hear you. Though. Yeah, but if he if Derrick Henry slips, then guess what? Teams are focusing on they're focusing on AJ Brown. Yeah. And I think I think that, that's yeah. the good part of the Titans offense is that. I mean, A.J. Brown didn't break out until Ten Hill took over the quarterback role, which wasn't until game six or seven. So even while they have an extended version of a film on A.J. Brown, it's hard to game plan for a three-yard catch and run. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, like, yeah. And so that is A.J. Brown's uh, ability to me is, regardless of quarterback, his film isn't, oh, he makes a good step yeah. on a good route. He His film is, Get me the football. I'll outrun and overpower people, and so that that's a good skill set to be going into this sophomore year. That normally you can can learn a guy. Well, you can't learn speed. You can't yeah. learn strength that that he's providing. So I feel like uh, number eight is a good spot for him, all the way up to number eleven. But I feel like there's no way, and both of us agree that he is not a top twelve receiver in yeah. this league. Yeah. 
You're number seven, buddy. My number seven. Got? Here's a guy who last year was in the top five. He's starting to slip. The The whole team is starting to slip. I think the Patriots ruined that team. Julio Jones at number seven. Wow. That is yeah. pretty low. Uh, I think that you, he did slide a little bit, but I think that it's mainly because we are starting to see so many strong fantasy wideouts come in e- emerge. Um, he is still, I think he'll have a top eight season. Yeah. Um, especially in PBR. And, and you're not he, saying he's the worst guy on earth. No. You're putting him at number seven. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, it, listen, if you get Julio Jones on your team, that's nothing to scoff at. That's yeah. still great. It's one of those guys that is the opposite. Even if you feel he's all the way at number seven, you'd be proud to have him as yeah. your number one receiver. You know, it's not yeah. Amari Cooper. Yeah. I mean, um, he's going to see a ton of targets as usual. Um, I, when I made this list, I, my number 12, I thought Calvin Ridley for a little bit, but then I was like, no, I can't, I can't put two Falcons on there. I just can't. Yeah. Um, uh, he's not going to get you a lot of 25 point fantasy weeks. He'll get you a lot of 15 points. I feel like his, um, his record, are you talking about Ridley or are you talking about Julio, Julio? Jones? He's not going to get you. He's not going to get you a lot of, he's not every week's not going to be a 25 point. He'll get to let you a lot of 15 points. He I will, don't think he'll get, I will, I would, I would like to contend and argue with that. He is. He is. He, you think he's. You, you know he's had fifteen hundred sta- yards receiving in the past yeah. six years. So you think, every year you think that in standard one point PPR that he's going to have that more than fifty percent of his game is going to be twenty five or more points. Well, not fifty percent, but I feel like he could absolutely average twenty five points, and it wouldn't be wild. That's not. Uh, I don't see him averaging. I see him averaging anywhere between fifteen to eighteen points per game. I just don't think he he is who he was in, in the past. And I don't think Matty Ice is who he is, and I think that has a lot to do with it. I don't trust that Falcons team. Uh, and as we'll see with my ranking, and it's not like, again, it's not like you ranked him at zero or yeah, anything. Yeah, he's know? not like, bad. Right, I, and I hear what you're but saying. He's but definitely, I, feel he, like he, I feel like he has slipped down a little bit. He's definitely on he he is on the down slope of his career, which is not I mean it happens. It's not a bad thing. He's still you know for a uh, for a receiver on the down slope of the career to still be in the top ten is something to to be proud of. Um, so for my hey, I'm you know I've got Julio obviously ranked higher because he's not not on my list. So we'll talk more about my feelings when it's my turn to talk. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> I'm trying to talk during your turn, and my number seven. And I'll tell you, this is one of those that I don't feel comfortable putting here but I didn't know where else to put him. Kenny Galladay. I have him at number seven. It was hard for me to do it because while I like Kenny Galladay, I feel like he is a more glorified version of Allen Robinson to me. He is going to be consistent. He's going to be able to get you what, uh, what you need. But I am, uh, I mean, it's hard to not believe in him. I believe in Matt Stafford. I believe in, in Galladay's talent. And it was evident last year where he was a, he was a wide receiver one in an instance in which eight games were played with the likes of Jeff Driscoll and David Blau. And I mean, that Thanksgiving game, he lit well he literally put me out of the playoffs when i had the most dominant team in the whole league like people were surprised now i got lucky the guy that put me out was the champion so i can always say well i lost to the champion yeah. but he dropped 22 and a half points on me in a situation where david blau was the quarterback and i'm going to tell you man got blowed out it, i was <laughs> i was blowing pissed dude <laughs> you know like it was you know and it's and it's like it's i'm a i'm a grown man bobby i understand that this is a fake world that doesn't mean anything 
But tell that to the pit of my stomach. Every year when something like this happens, like you just feel bad. And like it's hard to like reconcile with the fact that like I'm I know this is fake, but I'm so competitive and I love fantasy football so much. And I, should I have won the championship in my mind? Yes. But like, did I win the championship? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't win the game. Yeah. So Kenny Galladay, maybe that's why I have such a distaste because he just absolutely obliterated me so kenny galladay at seven i'm not comfortable with it but i'm not comfortable with ranking him lower than that either well i guess we found where our list finally merged together Mm because at number six i've got kenny galladay okay uh you know here's a guy he will always have a large variance between his ppr leagues and standard leagues yeah i would much rather have he would probably rank a little higher for me in a standard yeah he is not going to get 25 percent more the, the of the receptions uh, he's not going to be your target leader, but he has a chance to to make explosive plays, and he excels on the deep balls, and that's who he has always been. Um, he's a deep threat, and he'll always have a uh, large presence in Detroit's offense, um, but he needs, if he doesn't have a gunslinger like Matt Stafford, then he does not succeed. I agree with that. He flows so but well see, with but, Matt but, While I agree with that, and I just agreed with it, not <laughs> while I agree with it, We that's what we were saying before Jeff Driscoll and David Blau. You know, that's that's the problem yeah. that I have, like, merging with my minds. Like, I agree. Like, I would much rather have a Kenny Galladay with a Matt Stafford yeah. quarterback. But he showed – I think he averaged more points with these – guys that we've never heard of before then and that's my that's my i think the problem is he's just not a flashy receiver which is what we're used to for a receiver you're gonna rank it's what we like seven you as well i mean it's like what makes the receiver position the receiver position which i think now we're we're gonna about after your next pick we're gonna move into the top five all those guys at least for me are pretty flashy yeah and then they should be that's that's the life of a receiver is like you're supposed to be flashy he's supposed to be a diva so my number six is, and this is probably, again, where I ranked Julio a little higher. You ranked him a little lower. This is the, one of the guys that are probably going to flip-flop for us. I got Tyreek Hill at six. I just can't believe in him like a lot of people do. He's so boomer bust to me, and I get it. He is a he is a, argue, He would be hard to argue as not the best athlete in the league, or at least when it comes to speed and ability to catch the ball. That's a lot of the problem that you get with some speed guys is that they are super speedy, but it doesn't mean anything if you can't catch the football. Like other guys, you can't go up and get... So Tyreek Hill has this monster ability, and its I don't see him as inconsistent. I just see him as a more consistent boomer bust type of player for me. It's hard for me to get him as a as a top five guy because I've just seen you know and I've watched it's a problem of I've watched too much football probably you know because this type of guy doesn't succeed and so like each year I tell myself this is the year that Tyreek Hill is not the Tyreek Hill that we've seen consistently the past yeah. three and so it's it's probably more of a, a on me and what I've seen before but. It's it's one of those things, just like Kenny Galladay. While I specifically am not sure about him and don't necessarily want him on my team, you best believe I have him on, on one of, in one of my dynasty leagues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, because it was one of those things where 
I, his ta- his talent is obvious enough for where I can't pass on him here because he could be one of the greatest receivers that this league has ever seen. It's just I don't see it, and maybe that's just the thought process and the style of receiver. I like a big-bodied guy that's yeah. going to go up and be able to just muscle a guy out, and that while speed is everything in this league, it's not everything in this league. And so I got him at six, but uh, but I'm sure that you have him ranked higher because you believe him. Yeah, uh, listen, I'm a big Tariq Hill fan. He yeah. has won me championships. He's gotten me two championships. I have one of my teams named after Tariq Hill. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one, old one Tariq Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not bad. I yeah. will not hate on the name, obviously. <laughs> um, but no, so at my number five, I've got Chris Godwin. Same here. So yeah. let's just double talk. So this. I think with the quarterback change, a lot of people think it's not going to help him. I think the quarterback change is going to help him. You've got a, a accurate- slot rec- a, a slot receiver that was the yeah. number two receiver in the league after missing two games. I think there's no question. Because here's like- the thing. You know what Tom Brady will do? He'll actually not throw it to the other team. That right there is going to help Chris Godwin. I mean, when you take what what was it, thirty five interceptions last year from Jameis Winston? Can I play? Can I play devil's advocate on that? Obviously. 35 uh, the amount of ridiculous amounts of interceptions that Jameis Winston threw also enabled the fact that they had to constantly pass. Yeah, I Tom get that. Brady is a smarter quarterback and look, I have him at the same rank as you, so I'm not, I'm not trying to yeah. talk him down from that. But what we have to be worried about is and what my worry is on Mike Evans is the same thing. Like they may not have to pass like they did with Keyshawn Vaughn coming in and a good offensive line and Brady wins football games. So here's the thing, to counteract your counterpoint how often did Jameis Winston use his legs that like Tom Brady's not going to be able to use his legs? Uh, fair. And yeah. absolutely fair. But but uh, but while to counter, counter <laughs> your counter, move, using your legs moves the chain sometimes. And so that keeps the ball in your hand. So, again, we're yeah. we're going to get way too deep in this of counter. <laughs> to counter our, your counter, your counter. <laughs> to, counter the, to counter all these counters to argue that. Tom Brady's the, a better quarterback. Well, no, but to counter all these counters to argue that we have this guy in the same position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like we're disagreeing with one another. So I, I feel like Tom Brady has loved that slot role. Julian Edelman has been a consistent, as much as I, yeah. I, I, I downgraded Tom Brady, if he, you know, in our quarterbacks episode, I said Tom Brady wouldn't even be in my top 15 if yeah. it were for he, but Julian Edelman might've been, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But so, outside of Tom Brady, Tampa has also lost some of their secondary so, which means they're going to allow more. Pa- they're going to allow more deep threats. They're going to allow more scoring. Which means it's going to be it more shootouts. Gonna, it was going to be they. Their secondary was like worst or second worst in the league last year. It's so gonna it's going to be hard to be worse yeah. than that. So I feel like um, Chris Godwin is the obvious choice because even if it's just he gets ten two yard passes a game, that's twenty points. Right. You know, like. Yeah. So now I guess on to my number four. Yes, that is Tree Kill. Okay. Uh, Listen, everything you said, he is a monster. His le- he is the flash of the NFL. Yeah. And from, I mean, listen, he, you, you, you mentioned like it doesn't mean anything if you don't pull the pass down. He's got, I mean, his, sure. his I mean, he's going to, I mean, from what I've seen, if you throw it to him, he's bringing it down. That's, you, you, you're misrepresenting what I said because like I'm not, t- you're not throwing a jump ball to Tyree Kill in the corner of the end zone. You see, that's more yeah. what I was saying. It was more, Catching the football is everything. I'm not saying Tyreek Hill doesn't catch the football. I'm saying that his 
He's not a big-bodied receiver that's going to go up and battle with the cornerback yeah. for the football. Because usually he doesn't. Usually he leaves the, the, the corner in the dust behind exactly. him. And he's wide open. I had him ranked at six, Bobby. So yeah. I feel like it's really, you're coming at me hard here. <laughs> well, you know my love for Tariq Hill. Uh, so how about your number four? Yeah, I I, um, I have Julio Jones here. Uh, okay. And I've had to do it to you. This what what do you think his lowest yards total was in the past six years? Like for a game or no, this season? Uh, pff, I, I, yards I don't know twelve hundred thirteen hundred and ninety four. That was his lowest. Oh, that so was his was, past yeah. season. You weren't close. You said twelve hundred. That's a hundred and ninety four yards. <laughs> you know how many yards that is a game? <laughs> I don't either because I'm not great <laughs> at math. Real quick off the bat. But uh, but his biggest knock on him was him scoring touchdowns. But he has progressed into that a little more. I just feel like he doesn't drop balls, man. I mean, we're talking yeah, 99 receptions last year. Two years ago, 113 receptions. 88 receptions the year before. 83, 136, 104. And obviously, that's he's not going to hit that 136 or 104 level because of Calvin How Ridley. many years has he been in the league? Uh, since 2011, he has 12,000 yards received. 2011, he started when I graduated high school. That is a long time in the league, man. And that's why. And listen, he I had. Sp- he I specifically had, said he is a great receiver, but he, he had, is on the downslide of his career. But he's, which not. is why I th- I think this year he will get a. I would suggest he, I, I think he's not going to get. I think he's going to have about 1,250 yards. Water bet it. I'll bet 1250. I'll bet above 1250. Water bet it right now. How about we go uh, 1300? All right, I'll do 1250. 1250. You're calling it. Let me write it down because I don't want you to back out of this one because 1250 is still a lot because yeah. if you're saying down slope of your career and he's going to he's gonna have the third most receiving yards in the league. He was number seven on my list. I'm not saying he's a bad <laughs> receiver. You, Bobby hates <laughs> Julio Jones. That's, he's not on... I'm just saying he's on the down... He, and by Bobby down, said he could have more listen, receiving yards I'm than not, Julio Jones. I'm not Max <laughs> Kellerman. I'm not saying he's going to go off a cliff. I'm not saying there's a cliff in his career. I'm saying he's on the down slope. I think he's got three or four more solid years in the NFL and I think this year, you know, it's going to, you know, there are guys in front of him, younger guys, more athletic guys now who are going to get more yards and a better fantasy. You think and, you think Julio Jones is going to stab his boss? That's all I heard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, right. I hear you. I hear you. But I, I feel like um, it's hard to hard to bet against him. And obviously I didn't. 1250 over for me. 1250. Now, are we doing... I will give you because injury history was bigger in earlier in his career than it has been later. He's been yeah. pretty he's always questionable but usually plays. So, let's say 15 games, 14 games. I mean, I think 15. The- we'll say 15 games. I'll give you a free game if he misses a game and doesn't get 1250 or more, I'll give you the win. But I feel like that's unfair. Anything under them. So if he misses four games and then we call the bet off, nobody wins. That's I mean that's the fairest way we can do it. So we're talking about. And I just want to remember, I'm not saying he's bad. He's still number seven on my list. Yeah, I'm Uh, not arguing. I don't want people out there saying, "Oh, he thinks Julio Jones is going to be horrible." Yeah. Well, he did go to Alabama, so (laughs) we can argue that he's dumb. (laughs) We can argue with that. So are we on your number four now? Um. Yes. Uh, my number four is Julio Jones. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, all right, like so, that was a perfect opportunity yeah. to, to plug him again. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I, th- I believe our top three are going to be the same now. Okay. We've gotten down there. If not, then one of us is insane. Number three, I've got DeAndre Hopkins. Same. And here's the thing. Last year, I had him at number two. He's gotten he he's gotten been jumped this year. I had him at number one last year, but I mean, we all yeah. obviously know that he's been jumped. So it's hard, and especially I said this last year. Uh, it's hard. It's tough to move ahead of Michael Thomas. Well, uh, impossible to in my yeah eyes. Uh, yeah no yeah right now impossible. Um, <clears throat> his role is an up tempo offense, and he could see numbers that make could make him a single season reception leader. But I think that or he could be used <laughs> as a guy that yeah. pulls out the defense and allows a Kyler Murray to run. That's because yeah, exactly he's in a new team now. That's, and that's exactly, the thing. That's exactly yeah. why he's three for me as well. Yeah. So I assume in your number two is Devontae Adams. Gotta be. No yep. question. I mean, we were talking about a guy that is deadly, deadly. And and it didn't look as much so last year because of injuries and just by nature of the team. But again, we go into a year where we crap talked these Packers first round pick and second round pick because they were not positions of need. They needed a guy to line up across from Devontae Adams and they don't have that and they still don't. And yeah. I, and my, they have some guys that are, that are up and comers and could be good in this league, but they don't have anything that Aaron Rodgers needs and he's going to be passing the football. And now Aaron Rodgers is so risk averse and he doesn't have the weapons that he did at one time. And so he leans on a guy like Devontae Adams. And so minus injury history, which we bring into the fact a little bit, but like not really. We don't really try to factor in it. We know this guy's going to get injured. I mean, it was turf toe last year. We were actually up in Annapolis when that game was happening. And you remember, he dominated and then, one of the last plays, he comes limping up, and turf toe is one of those things that yeah. you're a receiver, your push-off ability, your ability to jump is all based on your toes and your feet. Yeah. Uh, so I agree with you. I have De- DeAndre Hopkins at three, De- Devontae Adams at two. And then no one else at number one but Michael Thomas. I mean, and it's not, and it's not like, oh, like, well, you know, Michael Thomas beat out Devontae Adams. We're talking like – if this was like a if if like I had to push Devontae Adams down to like the percentage points away he is from Michael Thomas, I would say like everybody moves down six spots and like Devontae Adams is wide receiver eight. And you know, yeah. like and maybe not to that extent, but like that's really how I feel. Like yeah. now it goes into with Michael Thomas being at number one. He ain't a number one overall kind of guy for no. me. You know, the the advantage you're going to get from Michael Thomas is not the advantage that you're going to get from the number one running back over some of these later running yeah. backs. So as much as I love Michael Thomas, running back is king in fantasy football and especially in redraft leagues. Dynasty leagues, make your argument for a running or for a wide receiver first. I mean, Devonte Adams was my number 8 pick in our in, in our dynasty startup. And I do I regret it? No, not in the slightest. And and with pairing him with Joe Mixon, that's two two guys receivers are going to last longer in this league. That's just the way it is yeah. as opposed to running backs. And so you need running backs to win leagues. So, say pick number 5 comes around. And you have to choose between Ezekiel Elliott and Michael Thomas. Who are you taking? Redraft or Dynasty? Redraft. If 
Oof, that is tough. I mean, it's not just as easy as it used to be. How many how many teams in the league? Say ten team. Ten team. Ten team, I think that you gotta go Michael Thomas. Twelve team, if you're telling me my pick isn't until the middle of the third round or middle of the second round ish in a 12 team league, I got to think I got to go Zeke in a 12 team yeah. league because running back is king. Like I just yeah. said, running backs are not going to fall back to me. Whereas yeah. maybe in that 12 team league, I just feel like the advantage you get from having Michael Thomas over say Devonte Adams is not the advantage that you get from running back. Having Zeke to whatever running back you're going to get in the third round. Exactly. Exactly. Like yeah. that's, 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 that's exactly how I feel. All right. So, Great top 12. Great top 12. Yeah. I mean, well, receivers I, are always going to be like a battle. Of yeah. Those because like they're. Because there's so many different thought processes that go into them. Exactly. Um, but yeah. So uh, it was great to have you guys listen to us. Uh, stick around. Uh, tomorrow we'll have kicker rankings. So uh, it was. Great well, to- let's just tell them the kicker rankings with. Some tips and tricks yeah. is really if you, if you listen this far, yeah. Tips and tricks. Tips and tricks is really to win what your we're league. Getting to. But all right, guys, we will see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Box Out Podcast. To see what other ridiculousness the guys are up to, check them out on Twitter and Instagram at Box Out Pod.